Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Exhortation by Larson Hicks on April 11th, Lord's Day Service. We come now to our time of exhortation. And our exhortation this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to kind of go all over the whole chapter, but we'll start in verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. We'll skip down to verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood in the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. We're called to a lifelong pursuit of maturity in the Christian faith. There's a cheap version of the gospel preached by many churches today that seems to um, say that the purpose of life is salvation, that that's the end goal, to be saved and converted, and then to lead others to conversion as well. I'm reading a book uh, right now by a, um, a Swiss theologian named John Mark Berthode. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it's from the 70s. It was just recently translated into English. But he has this to say uh, about this, this view that he's calling pietism. It says, This is a view of, sal- of a salvation reserved for the personal benefit of souls only, and which has far too often replaced the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God. Pietism, though it rightly affirms that we must be personally justified, regenerated, and reconciled with God, largely forgets that the effect of this good news received by faith must extend to the entire life of the Christian, to all the thoughts and actions of the one who, in Jesus Christ, has been recreated in the image of God, and through such obedience to reaching the world outside the church. For the purpose of the salvation given to the believer by pure grace is that he might produce fruit for the glory of God. These works of obedience to the law of God manifest on earth the beginnings of his reign. So here in Ephesians, we're being told that conversion is the beginning. It's not the end. Getting saved places you at the starting line of the race of the Christian life. It is not the finish line. Verse 11 says that Christ gave, it says that Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. Christ didn't send the apostles and the prophets so that we'd all get saved. We see this in the Great Commission itself. Jesus didn't send the apostles out merely to convert people, teaching the world how to pray the sinner's prayer. He sent them out to, quote, "...go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you." Christ died and rose again, and He sent out His Spirit to fill the apostles, the prophets, the shepherds, and the teachers so that we all grow up into mature manhood. If the church leaves off at conversion, she is disobeying Christ's commandment. I was struck Wednesday night when we were listening to the, to the Bible study that 
that as we were listening to Matt Whitling talk about parenting, I, I was struck by the fact that of just his maturity on this topic. And I told Bethany that, that it felt like uh, I, I often am proud that I'm doing a better job than, than a lot of people in raising my kids. And listening to Matt um, on Wednesday night, it was like that pride was like a first grader who's, who's lording over the you know, preschoolers and the kindergartners. And, and Matt's like a PhD, and it just—it was—it was striking to me that that I have so much more to learn. Um, and so my exhortation this morning to you is to press on. You and I have not arrived yet. Sure, you may be better off than many Christians, uh, many of our Christian brothers and sisters. You attend church faithfully. You know some good theology. You even apply it in different ways uh, to politics or culture, or how you're raising your kids. But you haven't arrived. How do I know this? Because Paul tells us here in Ephesians when we can know that we've reached what he calls mature manhood in the faith when we've arrived. We just read it. Here it is again. Until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure for mature manhood is the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal. Have you attained that yet? Are you perfect as Christ is perfect? No? Then press on, brothers and sisters, so that we may no longer be children, <clears throat> tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Do not squander the massive gifts that you've been given, your salvation, the Word of God, a converted heart of flesh instead of one of stone that is soft to the word. You've been given the Holy Spirit, and you've also been given teachers and shepherds. Those gifts have been given to you for a purpose, and that purpose is given in verse 12 of chapter 4, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So what now? How do I grow up into maturity? The answer is to hear the Word of God. Don't just listen. Don't just be a hearer of the Word, but strive to be a doer also. Be transformed by the Word. When you open God's Word, when you come to church, pray that God would give you understanding, that you would hear the Word and be transformed by it. Listen expecting to be changed every time. Pray that God changes you as you hear his word taught. Paul goes on in verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness, their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So do not rely on the futility of your mind. Do not allow your understanding to be darkened by the ways of the world. Do not let your ignorance and hardness of heart alienate you from God. This leads to a calloused heart, a seared or warped conscience that is not bothered at all by, by sin. And finally, in verse 12, Paul goes on and says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. 
and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Conversion is the beginning of the race. The finish line is maturity, even to the stature of Christ. The race we are running now is the race of putting off the old self and being renewed in the spirit of our minds, putting on the new self, which is Christ-likeness, true righteousness and holiness. This is a lifelong pursuit. You have not arrived, but Christ has. Your job now is to chase him to the very end of your life. Keep pressing into his word and the teaching he has brought to you. Renew your minds and the putting off of the old self. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com. dot com.